I came from a low-income family that was that were struggling. You see how hard life can get. GCE became a part of my life because I don't want my family to fall back into that. I never thought education would take me this far. I'm still young. I still have a lot to do in my life and just want to get things done the way I want with a good education under me. I'm Stacy, and Grand Canyon University helped me find my purpose. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Michael Cutler Hour. I am your host, Michael Cutler. It is Friday night. It is November the 19th, 2021, and I thank you for joining me. Uh, And boy, oh boy, the the lunatics are at it again. The House of Representatives just passed Joe Biden's uh, Build Back Better bill. My goodness gracious. Uh, I wrote an article about his proposed Build Back Better bill last year, and I and I I wrote it for Front Page Magazine. The title of my article was Build Back Better is Bunk. Again, the Democrat Party seems to be hell-bent on making life as pleasant as possible for people who shouldn't be here, to entice ever more people to come here in violation of our laws. Uh, you know, the United States has the most liberal Uh, most welcoming immigration policies of any country on the planet. I'm not sure how many people we admitted last year as permanent residents or how many came on temporary visas. Um, The virus certainly has turned the world upside down and inside out. But normally, the United States grants lawful immigrant status to more than one million aliens each and every year. That is more than the rest of the world combined. Combined. So the idea that we're going to allow people to come here illegally so that they cannot be properly vetted, so that we have no idea who we're dealing with, so that we're dealing with numbers that are so huge that it has a huge impact on the environment, on the economy, on education, on infrastructure, you name it, it's getting hammered. And if you dare suggest that the United States secure its borders, if you dare suggest that we seek to keep out criminals and terrorists, if you dare suggest that we try to protect American workers from competition by foreign workers, you're going to be vilified, you're going to be labeled as anti-immigrant, and in reality, that's why we have immigration laws. The current laws on the books are designed to protect national security, public safety, public health, and the jobs and wages of Americans. The immigration laws make no distinction about race, religion, or ethnicity. And the open borders anarchists will quickly say, well, a hundred years ago, people from China weren't allowed in. And that's true. We had Chinese exclusion laws. Was that proper? Of course not. Do they exist today? Of course not. But this is the same kind of a tactic that's being used with critical race theory. We had slavery. Yeah, but it ended quite a while ago. But we did have it, didn't we? Yes, and we also used to have so many horses in places like New York that there was no place to walk where you couldn't be standing in, in, in a mountain of, uh, of manure. The world has changed. Our laws have changed. But the tactic of the lunatics that want to dismantle America is to keep harping on the way things used to be, not on how they are today. And in fact, I'm all for teaching history so that students can learn how America has evolved and evolved for the better, addressing the issues that needed to be addressed. What is wrong with that? To say, look, we used to do dumb things. We don't do that anymore. Nobody should do that anymore. Slavery is an abomination. We should all stand up against it. Who wouldn't? But it's not an issue today. But again, the lunatic left 
the people that hate America want to turn this into uh, a fight so that we're going to carry on today because slavery was considered normal. By the way, not just in America, but around the world. And there's still slavery in some parts of the world. And there's certainly uh, issues with human trafficking and, and, and trafficking in children, the sex industry. We can go on forever. And the best way to combat it is by effectively enforcing our immigration laws to dismantle human trafficking organizations. But if you're going to enforce those laws, you have to arrest aliens who are here illegally so they can identify the people that brought them here. But that's not what this administration wants to do. It's not what the Democrats want to do. And by the way, where are the Republicans on all this? I cannot forget that the Republicans blocked Donald Trump when he tried to build the border wall. And the border wall, I'm going to keep making the point until my voice fails, the border wall was not designed and is not designed to keep anybody out of the United States. No, you did not mishear me, and I did not misspeak. The border wall does not block ports of entry. All that the wall was supposed to do is make certain that everybody and everything that came into the United States went through the vetting process at ports of entry. The same way you go through that cattle run when you go to the airport and you're supposed to go through TSA so that they can make certain that you're not a terrorist or that you don't have a weapon. I don't know of anybody who would get on an airplane if they saw people sneaking past TSA, but we're now being told that it's perfectly normal and there's something wrong with you if you have an objection to living among millions of foreign nationals who have no inherent right to be here who snuck past the vetting process. Not that that vetting process is all that effective, but it gets worse. According to The Hill, uh, let me pull up the article, there was an immigration measure in Build Back Better. And and this, to me, is is crazy stuff. Now, it's not a full-on amnesty that I feared, but it's bad enough, and it will always be bad enough, Because what they keep doing with these measures is underestimating the number of aliens that we are looking at. And and, and therein lies the problem. Um, Here we are. Okay. So today, The Hill published an article. This was right after the bill was passed in the House, after Nancy went down to the floor of the House and bloviated and made those outrageous outrageous assertions. It's becoming more and more difficult to listen to her. Uh, But here's the headline. Historic immigration reform includes in-house passed spending bill. Um, I'm sorry. Historic immigration reform included in-house passed spending bill. I got the emphasis sideways. Bear with me. I'm just so infuriated by this. But let me read to you this article. The social spending bill approved by the House on Friday and a 220 to 213 vote includes the most extensive immigration reform package reviewed by Congress in 35 years, albeit in a much reduced version from what proponents originally sought. If the provision is approved by the Senate as is, the immigration measure in the bill would allow undocumented people. We can't even use the word immigrants, undocumented people. What is an undocumented people? This whole game of semantics, of refusing to use the word alien, refusing to make the distinction between lawful immigrant and illegal alien is egregious. It is a con job. This isn't about political correctness. This is Orwellian. We're going to confound the issue because most people in America are compassionate, recognize uh, that we are a welcoming country. Many Americans can't go back more than a generation without pointing to somebody in their family who came as an immigrant. I'm one of them. My mother came here as a 13-year-old, legally, I might add, ahead of the Holocaust, and that's why she survived the Holocaust. And that's the reason that I was born, that my children were born, and that my grandchildren were born. Okay? This isn't an anti-immigrant position that I take, but yet even the so-called conservative television programs will say, well, pro-immigrant, anti-immigrant. It's pro-immigrant to want anarchy and open borders, and somehow it's anti-immigrant to say, gee whiz, we shouldn't be letting in bad guys or people with dangerous diseases or or people who would take Americans' jobs. Lunacy. But anyway, it says, if the provision is approved by the Senate as is, the immigration measure in the bill would allow undocumented people present in the United States since before 2011 up to 10 years of work authorization 
falling short of an initial goal to offer them a pathway to citizenship. Well, let's just stop. You know the flaw in that sentence? If they were present since before 2011. Here's a simple question. How do you know? Aliens who run the border do not create a record of entry. If you come in with a visa, the computer should have that entry in the system. If you run the border, there is no record. And most illegal aliens use multiple false identities. So right off the bat, you're looking at the potential for massive fraud. This was the same nonsense we saw with the Reagan amnesty of 1986. We were told that about a million illegal aliens would participate. We wound up with more than three and a half millions. And some people said, well, they underestimated. What they refused to accept is that maybe people lied. And now Mayorkas has said that immigration fraud is a non-issue. Even if you acquire United States citizenship by lying through your teeth, he will not act to strip you of citizenship. That's how the Nazi war criminals came to America to hide after the, 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 the Holocaust. That is how terrorists have been able to gain passports, U.S. passports, so they have two identities so they could travel around the world and prepare to carry out deadly attacks in the United States and elsewhere. So <laughs> immigration fraud is the key issue. In fact, immigration fraud was the very first topic of my very first hearing when I participated in a congressional hearing way back in 1997, four and a half years before the attacks of 9-11. That hearing was convened because of the two terror attacks carried out in 1993 by Middle Eastern aliens, the shooting at the CIA by a Pakistani by the name of Kansi. He shot up the CIA, killed two CIA officers, wounded three others, fled the country, was brought back, put on trial, found guilty, uh, was executed, but it didn't bring the dead back to life. One month later, the first bombing at the Trade Center killed six, injured more than a 1,000, inflicted more than a half billion in damages, nearly toppled the tower, and the terrorists said that their goal had been to kill 250,000 people. And some engineers believe that the, the fatality count could have been at least that large, maybe bigger, if they had succeeded. And if one of the two towers had fallen into the other tower, and then you would have had buildings collapsing all over Lower Manhattan like cascading dominoes. A seawall that keeps the Hudson River out of Lower Manhattan would have been ruptured. God only knows what that catastrophe would have looked like. And in all, both of those cases, every alien involved in one way or another committed fraud. They gamed the immigration system using multiple identities, false passports, lying on applications, lying to the inspector when they came into the airport, etc., etc., etc. So when they say, well, if you've been here since 2011, the only way you can make that determination, folks, is if an agent can go out and knock on doors, show photographs, and interview people where, who live where this person claimed to have lived, interview employers where he claimed to have worked, and so forth. But how do I know? Well, as an immigration agent, I did investigations like that, but you cannot do it from your desk. You have to burn shoe leather. You have to go out and knock on doors and interview people. How the hell do you interview millions of people? Because we're going to have millions of applications. So as long as the alien knows to put down that I came in in 2010, they're going to be approved. We won't be certain about their name. We sure as hell won't know when or where they came to enter the country, but they will be approved. That's the game. Commit fraud, and Mr. Mayorkas, who ordered his people when he was the head of citizenship and immigration services under Obama, ordered his people to basically approve every application that landed on their desk, period. And when one woman who ran a major office for him stood up and said, this is not legal, he said, well, you will either approve those petitions or I will demote you and find somebody who will. And, of course, there's always somebody, always somebody, willing to go along to get along. So this poor woman who had decades of service under her belt I believe had a master's degree in governmental administration. I spoke with her several times at length. Very articulate young lady, very concerned about national security, was ordered to work from home 
and she was taken out of the loop so that she could not interfere with the steamroll machine that Obama and Mayorkas had put into action to roll those applications in, and the Clintons did the same thing. Bill Clinton had Citizenship USA, where they rammed 1.1 million applications for U.S. citizenship through the process without, in many cases, fingerprints even coming back. The inspector general did an investigation because the people who worked under Mayorkas complained, went to internal investigations, the Office of Inspector General, and they found malfeasance. And when the Republicans raised that issue during Mayorkas' confirmation hearings just last year, the Democrats said, we don't care. We are large and we are in charge, and he is in, and you are out. So Mayorkas is now running the entire Department of Homeland Surrender, as I've now come to call it. So let me continue. If the provision is approved by the Senate as is, the immigration measure in the bill would allow undocumented people present in the United States since before 2011 up to 10 years of work authorization. What wonderful news for American workers will be displaced, right? Falling short of the initial goal to offer them a path to citizenship. Why? Why are illegal aliens entitled to a path to citizenship? That's like saying a guy breaks into your house, you have to set up a guest room for him and feed him for the rest of his natural life and take care of his family to boot. Why in the world would you provide citizenship to someone whose first breath upon standing on American soil uh, was taken by somebody who was in violation of our laws? U.S. citizenship, according to the immigration laws, are supposed to demonstrate good character, GMC. They used to do those investigations, but they don't anymore because it slows down the steamroller. What good moral character do you have if you've run our borders and lied about your identity and taken work that you weren't authorized to take? This is outrageous. And then the article goes on and says, the provision approved by the House offers a sort of waiver to the immigration laws. Well, there you go. What immigration laws? We don't need no stinking laws. They're going to use a process known as parole to allow people to stay in the country. Not people, aliens, folks, illegal aliens. To stay in the country for five years with the option to extend for another five years thereafter. I'm sure it'll be their option. About 6.5 million people would stand to benefit from the measure directly, according to an analysis by the Congressional Budget Office. Right. And they said that the Reagan amnesty would involve a million, and we wound up with almost four million. According to this analysis, about three million of those people would become eligible to springboard from parole status to legal permanent residency, the first step towards citizenship. I want to know why. I want to know how this benefits Americans. Don't tell me how it benefits immigration lawyers. Don't tell me how it benefits the United States Chamber of Commerce. Don't tell me how it benefits the banks. How is this beneficial to Americans, especially when you know that we can't screen these people and you know that the 19 hijackers on 9-11 killed more people than we lost to the entire Japanese fleet at Pearl Harbor on December 7, 1941. So while these folks will do whatever they want and they can stay here, the Biden administration wants to hire tens of thousands of internal revenue agents and look into bank accounts or transactions as small as $600 so that if you fudge, they're going to come for you. But if you run our borders and lie about your identity, we will make you a citizen in our country. Just stop and let the enormity of this betrayal sink in. Let it sink in. Think about what I am telling you. Now, what they're not telling you is these numbers are all a big, fat lie. Total fraud being perpetrated on us by the government because each and every alien would be able to bring their children into the United States once they acquire lawful immigrant status. And again, with Mallorca saying, we don't care about fraud, they're not going to do DNA testing, what's to, help, what's to prevent an illegal alien from claiming to have 10 kids when he or she has zero children? They're in. They're in. Let's say if on average... Um, we, we legalize 6 million, and it'll probably be four times that. We're up to 25 million. And if they each claim four children, and I'm a wild-eyed optimist, we could have an influx of 100 million 
children. And I wrote an article about it at the front page, and somebody commented, being very critical of me, oh, this guy Cutler doesn't know what he's talking about. There aren't 100 million kids in Latin America. Folks, we have aliens coming into this country from the four corners of the planet, including countries that sponsor terrorism. Countries throughout Africa, Asia, the Caribbean, Europe, you name it, they're here. They've come through that Mexican border on that express train, on those caravans. They may try to downplay the significance of this amnesty. It would be catastrophic, not because I'm xenophobic, but I'm a realist. We've all had the situation where we wanted to throw a party or a dinner. You know, one of our kids is graduating or someone got married or it's Passover or Easter or Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever. And you say, wow, who would you like to invite? And you draw up a list of all those wonderful people you'd like to invite. And then your husband or your wife, you know, you sit down and you look at the list and go, gee whiz, we, we can't invite 43 people to our house. We're, we're going to put them all. So 43 gets knocked down to 20. Why? Because you hate the people you didn't invite? No. You look at the list and you go, well, Barbara, wow, she's great, but we, we, I don't think we've been to her house in the last year. She send, seems to not really invite us that much, and she's, she's wonderful. But I, I guess she would understand if we don't invite her. And, and, and Bob is a great guy, but... You know, and you go down the list. These aren't people you hate. You, if you had the opportunity, if you had the, the wherewithal, you would invite all of them. But you understand you have limitations, and so 43 becomes 20. Our immigration laws are the same sort of thing. We can't bring the world to the United States. America is a lifeboat. If you put too many people in a lifeboat, it capsizes and it sinks. That's where we are. Now, I personally believe in free college for American children, and I know there are conservatives who disagree, but I'm not a conservative. I make no bones about it. We have to have a high school diploma, or at least attend high school, until, depending on the state, we're 16 or 17 or whatever it is, because 100 years ago, a high school diploma was the equivalent of a bachelor's degree today. Madison and the founding fathers knew that you could not have a democratic republic without an educated electorate. So education was critical. It still is. Education, not indoctrination, by the way. So I don't have a problem with taking American kids and saying you can have a free college education, provided you're going to take a course of study in an area where we need workers. If we need metallurgists, if we need computer programmers, if we need uh, medical technicians, whatever it is, we'll give you a free education. If you have the aptitude, you give them out and you'll have a wonderful career, you'll make a good living, you'll be able to you know, make a contribution to the economy, live a great life, and we grow the middle class. We are hollowing out the middle class by importing an army of foreign workers. And Alan Greenspan laid this out perfectly back in 2009 when he testified for Chuck Schumer at a hearing about comprehensive immigration reform. This was April 30, 2009. Greenspan had the unmitigated chutzpah to refer to American high-tech middle-class workers as the privileged elite, I kid you not. And he said the solution to wage inequality is to make American high-tech workers compete with foreign workers because they're being paid way too much money. And if we could make them compete with foreign workers, we could get rid of their wage premium. And once we do that, we greatly reduce the inequality in wages between Americans with skills and Americans with lesser skills. In other words, you have a Ph.D., you have an MBA, we're going to make sure that when you look for a job, you're going to compete with someone from India or another third-world country willing to settle for one-third the wage that you thought you would get by going to college and studying your tail off. We're going to kill the middle class. So the guy with the MBA will make maybe a couple dollars a week more than the guy who dropped out of high school. This does not incentivize achievement in America. What normal person is going to say, I can't wait to go to college and bust my tail for five years and get that degree so I can make $100 a year more than a guy that dropped out of high school and, and, and does a job for the city, whatever it is? Why would you bother? The idea is that we have always rewarded achievement in America. That's what capitalism is supposed to do, reward achievement. You study hard. 
you acquire the knowledge, you acquire the skills, you're now qualified to do a serious high-tech job, and you should be rewarded for it. But by importing an army of foreign workers, the work Americans are too dumb to do, perhaps, right? We're going to destroy the wage structure for the middle class. When I was a kid, most of my friends' parents had at least one car, if not two cars, in the driveway, and they owned them. They went to a dealership. They bought a car. They may have taken out a loan, but they owned the car. They owned two cars. Most people today can't afford a car. They lease cars. That's a measure of how American families have lost purchasing power. The house that I'm living in was purchased by my parents a long time ago when I was 11 years old. It required roughly four times the annual gross income that my dad earned as a construction worker. Okay? Today, this house would require ten times the annual pay of an average worker. Not four times, but ten or maybe twelve times. What does that mean? It means that people are increasingly unable to buy houses. And if your job is now being competed, you're up for competition with foreign workers and you lose your job, you get fired, um, guess what? You may lose your house. That's why homelessness has gone through the roof. It's not just people who are mentally ill or people who are drug addicts. By the way, while we speak about drug addicts, I certainly can't ignore the fact that the CDC has announced that in the last year, more than 100,000 Americans died of overdoses of drugs, including fentanyl, and China is the primary source country for fentanyl. And this is really insidious. It's not that somebody thinks they're taking fentanyl. They make the drug look like a prescription med. If you look at the two pills, unless you check out the physician's desk reference, and I'm familiar with this because I spent half my 30-year career with the INS, uh, as, as a member of the Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force, and that I did a four-year stint prior to my promotion to senior special agent, I was the first INS agent assigned to the Unified Intelligence Division of DEA. So they are making synthetic pills that look legitimate, but all you have to do is take one pill and you're, and you're gone. We are being flooded with counterfeit drugs that look like the real thing, and children are dying. 100 thousand people died last year and those drugs are coming across the border the border that biden refuses to secure kamala harris says i'm going to go down to central america and we're going to get to the root cause of why people are coming well some of them are coming to work undoubtedly and what are we doing well mayorkas is dealing with that very effectively when reagan passed the immigration reform and control act of 86 for the first time you could penalize an employer who knowingly hired an illegal alien. Bernie Sanders is a big fan of that. In 2006, I believe it was, or 2007, one of those two, I don't have my notes in front of me, Bernie Sanders stood with the leaders of the AFL-CIO and pounded the podium and says, anybody who hires an illegal alien should go to jail. You're taking jobs and wages from Americans. This is a terrible thing. It's destructive to, the, to American working families. Okay. Where's Bernie now? Huh? Where's Mayorkas? Well, Mayorkas has now said, publicly issued a policy statement. We don't care. Fire all your Americans. Hire the illegals. Well, he hasn't called them illegals. They're immigrants. Don't you dare insult them. American families, oh, you're, you're a potential terrorist. You went to a school board meeting and you raised your voice. We better have the FBI do surveillance on you. But you run the border. You stow away on a ship. You lie about your identity. You commit identity theft. You're an immigrant, and we love you. Everything is cool. Do whatever you want. This is America, land of opportunity for the felons and everybody else. Think about that. So now, if some factory fired every American and said, get out of here, you're fired. Why did I do wrong? Nothing. You're fired. And they brought in 100 illegal aliens, and you called up immigration. My organist would say, that's wonderful. You're taking care of the immigrants. How good is that? I wrote an article, and I said that in order for the Democrats to succeed, Americans must fail. This is about crashing the economy. They're doing it every which way they can. 
by the way, full disclosure, if you're not familiar with me, I'm a lifelong registered Democrat. These aren't Democrats. I'm a labor guy. My father was a union member. My dad was a construction worker. He worked on the World's Fair. He worked on Kennedy International Airport. He worked on houses and buildings. And I loved to go to his job. And to this day, and he died more than a half century ago, whenever I go by a construction site and I hear that symphony, because to me that's what it is, the hammering and the sawing and all those noises of construction is music to me. I grew up around that. The smell of, of the earth being opened up so that a foundation can be dug and poured. And Wow, I grew up around that stuff. I can't go by one of those places without getting choked up. I almost catch myself looking for my father. Most of his friends were in the construction trades. These guys were American heroes. Without them, we'd all be sitting in an empty field somewhere. So I've always stood with blue-collar America. They build stuff. Without them, we don't have a society. We don't have civilization. Without them, we don't have cars or trains or airplanes or rockets or or x-ray machines. Who do you think builds and designs these things? Engineers and technicians and mechanics. Blue-collar America. They are at the foundation of America. All they need is a living wage. All they need is a living wage. So their wages have gone to hell in a handbasket. And you've got a government that stands with the illegal aliens and, and makes people who came legally feel awfully stupid. Why would you wait for years to come to the United States legally when all you had to do was run the border and you'd be welcomed with both arms? Which brings me to my next topic. Website called Hot Air, and Fox News had a similar story. Hot Air had a little bit more detail, so I'm, I'm going to read a bit of Hot Air to you. Representative Gooden, Lance Gooden from Texas. Here's the headline. Whistleblower exposed secret operations by nonprofits to house and move illegal immigrants, or I- illegal migrants. I don't know why we're calling them migrants. They're aliens, folks. I use the word alien. You don't like it? Jump in the lake. This is America. It's still America. I don't think they've changed the name of the country yet. Give them time. Starts out saying, Representative Lance Gooden is a Republican from Texas. He has served in the House since 2019. Over the course of the last two days, Gooden has made headlines for accusing some nonprofits in San Diego of running a secretive and organized effort to bring migrants into the country and then arrange them to be transported around the country. The information came to him from a whistleblower. Gooden tells a story of receiving information and deciding to go and check it out for himself. He traveled to San Diego and saw what he said the whistleblower's information claimed. He visited the border in San Diego and saw buses of illegal migrants traveling to hotels close to the public being operated by well-funded nonprofits. Quote, we followed the bus into the gates and proceeded to watch it unload 50 or so immigrants, and it looked like they all had a potato sack or a grapefruit bag full of possessions, clothing items, etc., he said. They were taken for COVID testing and separated, and we were told they would spend a night or two there before they would be taken to various destinations across the United States. They are saying where they want to go, and these private groups, and I don't know where they're getting their funding from, these private groups are buying them plane tickets and giving them a package of information about what to do when they get to the airport, how to get past the Transportation Security Administration, the TSA, Without ID. Think of that. They can get on airplanes without ID. You try it. But again, you're an American. You're hated. Tell them you're an illegal alien. See how that plays out. Okay? So they get to the airport, how to get past TSA, what to say, and how to enroll their children in schools when they get to where they're going. These buses come over and over throughout the day to these various hotels. They say they are closed for construction when they're very much open. They're just closed to the public. Of course, you're Americans. You can't stay at a hotel. What, are you kidding me? And then it goes on and says there's an organized operation to bring illegal immigrants to the United States. The Border Patrol is now projecting 1.8 million illegal immigrant arrests since 2000. Uh, that's not right, but it says, oh, I see. They're projecting 1.8 million in 2022. They're projecting. During the interview on Fox and Friends on Monday morning, Gooden was asked which nonprofits are helping in this operation. He named both the Catholic Charities 
of San Diego and the Jewish Family Association as two examples. He pointed to AT&T, Bank of America, and the federal government as sources of funding to these organizations. The packet is also receiving the whistleblowers, the same one given to the illegal immigrants, flight information, copies of a notice to appear. Well, they would be served with that. It's kind of like a subpoena or a summons, notice to appear from Customs and Border Protection, a list of pro bono legal service providers that's also generally provided, by the way, folks. Let's be fair about what we're saying. A list of pro bono legal service providers, maps of major U.S. cities, and information and legal assistance in Spanish were provided. We even did that back when I was an agent. The packet also contains a letter from the nonprofit that the migrant is told to present to the TSA officials. So you go to the airport with a letter, and, and they're supposed to take you at your word and put you on an airplane. That really sounds safe, doesn't it? The letter asks that the illegal migrant be allowed to board a flight with limited identification. It claims the letter should be enough for them to be searched through the secure flight program. doesn't sound particularly secure. Regular legal residents in the U.S. have to do everything but dance the hokey pokey, that's the statement in the article, to be allowed to board a flight, but illegal immigrants are asked to be allowed to just sashay on board with the minimum identification and often before other passengers are allowed to board. You know that silly thing you go through? If you have the platinum super-duper card, you can stand on the red carpet and you can board first. Well, no, illegal aliens, they can board ahead of you too, even if you have your platinum super-duper double gold. This is wild. This is wild. The Texas lawmaker said that he spoke to TSA about the packets, and they informed him that the migrants sometimes show up with very convincing letters. What does that mean? Very convincing letters, and in some cases, are led onto the airplane before anyone else. An armed security officer reportedly told Gooden that the migrants are often already on the plane when he boards early to tell the pilot of his presence. Gooden said that there's information on how to assimilate into the community they move into, as well as how to enroll their children in school. It seems like a stretch to expect them to assimilate when they arrive in the country through illegal means. No kidding. If they continue as they started out, and, and they go on and talk about this, but understand the problem. Now, I, I want to fill you in on something. Because when I saw Bank of America, bells went off in my head. As you may know, I've testified before numerous congressional hearings in the House and Senate, mostly the House but I did a couple of hearings in the U.S. Senate before the Senate Judiciary Committee as well, on the nexus between immigration, national security, and public safety, which is my area of expertise. I did the job for 30 years. I've arrested and investigated terrorists from around the world, not just uh, Mexicans. You know, this whole idea of immigration is about Latin Americans. No, I, I spent years where I didn't speak to a single Spanish-speaking alien. I, I arrested a murderer wanted in Israel. I, we sent him back to stand trial. He was found guilty. I've arrested Jamaican drug dealers. I've arrested uh, people who are here illegally from China and Europe and England. And you name it. It's about aliens, period. This has nothing to do with race. Let me dispel that. But I digress. In 2005, I got a phone call, not unusual, from the Republicans, because they were very much upset with George W. Bush. He kept doing so much to undermine immigration enforcement and border security. He hates border security. He hates any notion of enforcing immigration laws. Is there any wonder that his brother Jeb said that illegal immigration was an act of love? I wrote an article at the time where I said that Jeb was looking for love at all the wrong places. In fact, the way DHS was created by Bush violated the Homeland Security Act. They were never supposed to separate the border enforcement effort from interior enforcement. It was supposed to be a unified effort, the way it was under the INS, and we were supposed to fold in inspections and so forth to make it seamless because everybody knew that the only reason 9-11 succeeded for the terrorists and killed so many of us is because of multiple failures of the immigration system. So Bush divided the border from the interior, and then he folded in a whole bunch of agencies that have nothing to do with immigration enforcement and put just about everybody in charge who had zero immigration background. This was a willful intent by Bush to undermine border security, undermine immigration law enforcement, period. I was told that every time I appeared on television, every time I appeared before Congress, Bush would have a meltdown. I was told that when my name came up in the Oval Office, he would go berserk and start screaming obscenities. 
If someone has a videotape, I'd love to have it. I'd make a loop out of it, and it would give me great joy to see Bush screaming obscenities when he hears my name. This is outrageous stuff. This is after 9-11. Both parties have done this to us. Make no mistake about it. It's just that Biden has done it on a scale that now has turned this administration into the biggest human trafficking operation in the history of the United States of America, perhaps in the history of any country on this planet. This is an orchestrated invasion in violation of the Constitution, specifically Article 4, Section 4, that promises each state a Republican form of government and protection against invasion and domestic violence. If this doesn't constitute an invasion, somebody better buy me a new dictionary. But in any event, in 2005, the Congress gave Bush enough money to hire 800 new ICE agents, gave Bush enough money to hire 2,000 Border Patrol agents that year and for each of the next four years, gave Bush enough money to uh, acquire, I believe, I don't have the notes directly in front of me, 8,000 detention beds that year. He cut the 800 ICE agents to 143. He cut the 2,000 Border Patrol agents down to 210, and he cut the 8,000 detention beds down to 1,700 and change. I don't know where they got the numbers from. The irony was Sheila Jackson Lee took Bush to task, and I've written about it. I testified for Sheila not once but twice. It was Sheila Jackson Lee, seconded by James Sensenbrenner, who at the time was chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. They invited me to testify at a hearing in March of 2002 when to everyone's horror, it was discovered that two of the dead terrorists, Mohammed Atta, the ringleader, and Marwan El-Shehi, another one of the cohorts, they were in the cockpits of the two planes that hit the two towers of the Trade Center, that both of them had been granted authorization to attend flight school. Six months to the day after the attacks. Think about that beauty. Everyone knew they were dead, everyone knew they were terrorists, but they got permission to go to flight school. Does that not freak you out? That hearing is part of the permanent library at C-SPAN. If you check out some of my articles, I occasionally include the link to it. You can just go look up C-SPAN with my name, Michael Cutler, and, and you'll see the hearing, and it's worth watching. It's all the grandiose promises and all the righteous indignation expressed by the members of Congress. Just about nothing came to fruition from all that they said, we must never allow this to happen again. Well, here we are, folks. Here we are. But what was really interesting about that was as I prepared my testimony for that hearing in 2005, I realized that a week or two earlier, a gentleman by the name of Eduardo Aguirre had testified before a hearing in the same body in, in Congress, the Immigration Subcommittee, Immigration Border Security and, and Claims. And the topic of this hearing was whether or not he'd been given the adequate resources he needed to run citizenship and immigration services. He was the first director of USCIS, basically the nation's lockkeeper, the job that Mayorkas had under the Obama administration. And as you might have expected, you know, Gary said, oh, I have everything I could possibly want. You know, I almost felt like the Ed McMahon, Johnny Carson routine. Everything you could ever want, I've got it. And then he said that his three priorities in running citizenship and immigration services here were his three priorities. Priority number one was to clear up the backlog of applications. I said, my gosh, that's your first priority? The way you clear up a backlog is you approve, because it takes days or longer to deny an application, but you can approve an application in under a half hour. How do I know? I spent a year as an adjudications officer. Unlike most of the talking heads you'll see on TV who have no idea what in the world they're talking about, my career at the INS included a four-year stint as an inspector at Kennedy Airport, a year as an adjudicator for one of those four years, and then as an agent, I rotated through every single squad within the investigations branch in the New York office. So if it walked, crawled, or flew, I probably encountered it in multiple times. So I'm not speaking out of conjecture. I'm not speaking because I had a brain spasm, Okay. So when he said, we're going to clear up the backlog, what he really said is, get out that approval stamp and work it to death. Boom, 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 boom. And what does that lead to? Fraud. This is Lucy at the bonbon factory on steroids. So I said, all right, well, let's see. So his number one priority is to clear up the backlog. What's his second priority? Now, this was just a couple of years after 9-11, right? 
What's his second priority? He was the first director of Citizenship and Immigration Services under what had just been created, the Department of Homeland Security, created as an answer to the attacks. You would think, you know, what's his priority? Clear up the backlog. Okay. What's his second priority? Improve customer service. Wow, that's wonderful. Make sure you smile. Be nice. Be polite. Offer them a cup of tea, perhaps. Hi, how are you? Are you having a nice day? Let's make sure we get that right. Smile a lot and improve customer service. What was his third priority? Enhance national security. Just stop and think. Priority one is rubber stamp the applications, which means that fraud will sail right on through, zipping on by, even though we knew that immigration fraud was the key method of entry and embedding for terrorists, not just on 9-11, but in general. Priority two, smile a lot. Priority three, well, when you get around to it, yeah, national security. Really? So I was enraged, and I started doing a little bit of digging. I said, well, who is this yo-yo? What kind of a buffoon is this guy? Does he really wear those floppy shoes and have a big rubber nose? This guy's a clown. Well, he had also worked in the, in the federal banking system, but before he came to the federal government, Eduardo Aguirre had been the president of the international private bank of the Bank of America, the first bank that accepted Mexican matricula cards even after the FBI testified before a congressional hearing. The director of intelligence for the FBI in Washington, Stephen McGraw, said that Mexican matricula cards posed a clear and immediate threat to national security because there was no supporting documentation. They were just issuing these cards, and there was no way to verify who these people were. In fact, the FBI noted that people from Iran and other terror-sponsoring countries had been you know, located, arrested, and they were found to possess actual Mexican matricula cards, even though they're not citizens of Mexico. And so... The FBI told the banking community, whatever you do, do not accept Mexican matricula cards because they are not verifiable and they're dangerous for everybody. Dangerous for banking, dangerous for national security. Don't accept them. The first major bank to accept a Mexican matricula card was, you guessed it, folks, the Bank of America. So now the Bank of America, at least according to this article, is somehow tied in to this kabuki theater, the shell game being played with illegal aliens being moved all over the United States. Think about what is happening to this country. If you drive down Roosevelt Avenue in Jackson Heights, Queens, New York, this is where El Chapo Guzman, the um, most prolific Mexican drug cartel leader, was put on trial. He was put on trial in Brooklyn, right down the road from Chuck Schumer. The Eastern District of New York covers all of Long Island, Brooklyn, and Staten Island. El Chapo Guzman was put on trial in Brooklyn. Why? Well, because New York, although it has the biggest, most sophisticated, best equipped, and best trained police department, arguably, in the entire country, also has sanctuary policies. And if you go down Roosevelt Avenue, every, every block has multiple money wire services that move money out of the United States. And most of those places are open 24-7. This is purely supply and demand. And there's enough demand that these businesses are everywhere. And it, it has an, it's an integral part of the drug trade. And, and so when I look at the banking industry, and you look at how HSBC has paid, you know, megabucks and fines for moving suspicious quantities of, you know, money, involved in suspicious transactions, etc. The banks don't care. Illegal aliens in the United States, if you want to talk about the economy, illegal aliens in the United States send tens of billions of dollars out of our economy to their home country. Mexico, for example, um, got, I believe, last year over $30 billion and that was the visible money, money wired out of the country. A lot of money goes covertly. They stuff it into furniture. They, they do all kinds of crazy things to move the money. So when I tell you $30 billion was wired, that's the tip of a very big iceberg. So you move the money. The money gets laundered through banking. It's laundered 
through real estate, that gets laundered through Wall Street. This is a bonanza for the financial world. Those immigrants are money generators. They move the money, and they get their piece of the action. They're the silent partner. This is where we are. So the idea that AT&T and, and, and the Bank of America, this isn't compassion, folks. I'm not against immigrants. And, and I, I'm very upset when I hear people say things where they think that the illegals are the enemy. The enemy are the members of our own government that are facilitating and encouraging this nonsense in violation, I might add, of Title VIII, United States Code, Section 1324, which deals with um, smuggling aliens, harboring, inducing, aiding, abetting, encouraging, transporting. The president isn't above the law. They kept telling Donald Trump that. The president leads the executive branch. Why do we call it the executive branch? Because the executive branch is supposed to execute the laws, not ignore the laws, not twist the laws. That's not on the menu. This is a democratic republic. There are laws on the books. The president took an oath to defend the Constitution. Article 4, Section 4 is supposed to protect us against invasion. It's one thing to not enforce laws, which is bad enough. But to actually work in opposition to standing law that has yet to be rescinded, that's not legal. You would think this should be impeachable. But what do I know? What do I know? We're talking about an influx of over a million people across the Mexican border. That doesn't even include the gotaways. Some estimates say that at least a half million were gotaways. Now, what does that mean? They snuck past, they snuck past the border patrol. Why? Well, obviously, they wanted to make damn sure they weren't spotted. They weren't identified. Because the aliens who are identifying themselves are being allowed on their way. So you have to believe that the gotaways know that if they were encountered, alarm bells would go off. And then we hear about the few that were caught that are on the terror watch list. That's almost silly. I'll tell you why. Most terrorists aren't on the terror watch list. Some of them are. But on 9-11, most of those terrorists, we can do nothing about them. Sleeper agents are agents that are unknown to us. They're called sleepers because they come in legally, illegally, by whatever means possible. They keep a low profile. And then when they get that little cryptic message, a tap on the shoulder, a phone call, an email, a package arrives at a, at a, a mail forwarding location, tomorrow's the day, something, God forbid, goes kaboom. And meanwhile, the drug money is being used to fund Hezbollah. So that open border isn't just letting in illegal aliens who want to work. It's letting in fugitives and criminals, members of the cartel. But that's okay with Joe, and that's okay with Kamala, who has a no-show job. Sounds like something out of the mob, doesn't it, the no-show job? We're going to check in to what the underlying cause of illegal immigration is. Well, there isn't one reason. You know, why did the chicken cross the road to get to the other side? Well, not the case here. Many aliens are looking for a job. Some of them are fugitives wanted for horrible crimes in their home countries. Some are coming because they're members of the cartel and want to set up shop in America. And then there was the story about an illegal alien who was led into the country claiming to be an unaccompanied minor. We did such a great job of vetting him that he wound up killing the guy that let him in and he was not a teenager. He was 24 years old. We have no idea who we're letting into the country, but we're told we're vetting them. We've had translators working in conjunction with our military who were actually found to be members of terrorist organizations. We've had insider attacks throughout the Middle East. My concern is that we have sleeper agents in the United States right now, and Iran is rushing for a nuclear weapon. What happens if we decide to intervene? What happens if they activate some of their sleeper agents in the United States? And you may not have remembered this, but around the time that Obama was running for re-election, an operation being mounted in the United States by operatives from Hezbollah was thwarted by the FBI and Homeland Security. They were planning to blow up the Saudi embassy in Washington and kill the Saudi ambassador and perhaps do the same to the Israelis. They were operating from across the river in Mexico, putting a plan together to launch an attack inside the United States. This isn't fantasy. This is reality. We've had many terrorists arrested in the United States. 
but now you've got an attorney general who won't even admit that there's a problem with aliens coming here to carry out attacks because he's too concerned about parents who might have issues with the school board. So the FBI has been told to key in on those obstreperous Americans who are looking out for their own children. What a horror show that is. How dare you be concerned about your own children? I don't even know where we go with this. What I am going to ask you is please reach out to your senators because this is where the action now will rest. Nobody, and that includes the mainstream media, Fox, anybody, is talking about the true numbers of aliens we could be looking at if this immigration measure passes in the Senate. It's game over. It's game over. To get the 7 million figure, it was just like Reagan lied to us about the 1 million that became almost 4 million, and the number no one ever talks about to this day is how many children and spouses were granted green cards once we legalized nearly 4 million illegal aliens. That was supposed to be 1 million. I wouldn't doubt that the Reagan amnesty involved 20 million, maybe more. So now we're being told 7 million. It's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. And they're not saying, well, once we get to 7 million, we're going to close the door. No. Once we get to 7 million, we'll just keep on trucking, just like we did with the Reagan amnesty, which set the stage, which made everyone convinced that if you could hide long enough, you're in. And now you've got you have Republicans like Ted Cruz. We're going to secure that border. Yeah, that's been Teddy's Cruz, Teddy Cruz's call all along. What we really need is interior enforcement. You have millions of illegal aliens inside the United States. The Border Patrol has nothing to do with that. Their job is the border, and they've been taken off the border by the distraction of these caravans and the children, etc., etc. This is like the Calais deception during the Second World War. The United States convinced Germans, the German government, that we were coming through Calais and not coming in through Normandy, so the Germans had to divide their resources. If they had mounted their entire resources on the, uh, at Normandy, we would not have succeeded. We did a divide and conquer. They put Patton in charge of, it, of his own little army. It was a fantasy army. You heard of fantasy football? This was fantasy army. But the Germans were convinced that we were coming through Calais. So they divided. Now we're doing the same with the Border Patrol. But the trick is interior enforcement. We only have about 6,000 ICE agents. They're not doing immigration work at all. But Biden wants to hire 80,000 IRS agents. We should have 80,000 ICE agents and judges and support personnel. Go after the fraud. Go after the employers. Go after crooked lawyers. Go after the human traffickers. If the Mexican border was airtight on 9-11. 9-11 still would have happened. Those aliens didn't come across the Mexican border. But that doesn't mean we don't secure the Mexican border. This is a boat with holes in the bottom of the boat. How many holes do you need in the bottom of your boat for the boat to go down? Only one. And this administration is trying to convince America that if you have water in the bottom of the boat, the solution is to drill more holes, I guess, to let the water out. Are we that dumb? We need interior enforcement. That is the biggest issue. That is the issue. Effective interior enforcement. It's always been the issue. And it's always been neglected because the Congress knows where their bread is buttered. The Chamber of Commerce is hell-bent, literally, on having a borderless country. And no wonder China, or the Chinese president, calls the president his good friend because, guess what, Mr. Biden has done for him everything he could want, doing nothing to stop the flow of fentanyl into the United States. And by the way, China is reportedly laundering the Mexican drug cartel money. Hezbollah's flowing drugs into the country. Our survival is at stake, folks. Please reach out to your friends. Reach out to your senators. Remember, democracy is not a spectator sport. Please share my articles with as many friends as you can. And let them know about my program. Send them the link to the podcasts. We can make a difference. We have no choice. It's time to get started. 
have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. So long for now.